I believe that there's a world in which I could finally eat Brutus Buckeye. It's the arrival. I came in a league, went straight for the title. Touchdown! Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvelous! Gets past Ransom! Donovan Edwards! Touchdown! The Don! There's nothing quite like the game. Michigan versus Ohio State. This is The Rivalry, sponsored by Elevated Integrity Construction. This might be my favorite episode of the Rivalry podcast. I quit. In five or six years of doing this. I'm Jace. That's JP. It's Michigan. It's Ohio State, your garbage-free college football podcast. Subscribe wherever you're listening right now on social media, including watching on YouTube at Rival Pod. We'll break the ice with our wheel route thanks to the J Company. Fall in love with your home all over again at the J-A-E Company. Whatever the shoe number industries. Favorite bowl game of 2023. This, this has to be. Okay, no, 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 no. Alabama. Okay. We know you're going to say that. So pick Are something saying, else. Be a little bit more creative. Missouri and Ohio State. Okay. Was my favorite bowl game of that. 2023. Um, I'm not even going to ask why, because that's just. Do you know why? The least creative thing you, know you could why? have said, because okay. how dare you disrespect our king? <laughs> the pop tart mascot because the pop tart <laughs> bowl was leaps and bounds. The greatest bowl game. It oh, wasn't man. the greatest game, but the greatest was good. bowl game of maybe all time. Well, in the first, as far as I know, the first edible mascot that we've ever had, which is weird. How did they do the, that? I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to I know, but re- I think the, I don't know if they replaced the like actual pop tart mascot with like a lookalike that had like I think edible it was. frosting I, thing. I think that has to be right because it yeah, would have like no melted way. off or something. Yeah? yeah, there's no way that he goes the entire game with like it definitely looked like plastic underneath of it yeah. to, for like the jam or whatever yeah. filling, and then the top part was like a cake. There's no way that would have stayed on for an entire game with him so. dancing and jumping around. I love it though because this this has taken this has taken the. We say things like the bowl season doesn't matter anymore, it and doesn't. then you watch a pop tart get eaten, <laughs> and you it go, doesn't. "Man, look." This is what the founding fathers would have wanted. If Look, Thomas Jefferson were alive right now, he would have loved the Pop-Tart Bowl. There are two things that I walked away also from. Also dentistry. There are two things I walked away from this past bowl season, and I thought, here's a here's a swing and a miss, and here's a home run. Uh, Pop-Tart Bowl, home run. Whoever did the marketing for that Great and work. thought, I need, a, well, I need a, a, a giant Pop-Tart to not only be the mascot, but also be edible, Absolutely. but also hold a sign that says dreams really do come true as it goes into a toaster at the end of the Amazing. game. Amazing. Um, and a huge failure for KFC to not have one called the Famous Bowl. Yeah, just feels like a missed opportunity. Well, and I'll I'll throw in there the the cheese at Citrus Bowl where you have the cheese at mas- mascot and he has a little sign that says not an edible mascot. It's like... No, you're trying you just, too hard. You, you, well, I'm throwing that in there as like you, you miss an opportunity. Like once you've seen a mascot get eaten, any other mascot that yeah. can't be eaten immediately. It's, just, it's, it's not just the same. It's not. And it can only, if pop tart man comes back next year and does the same thing, it's still amazing. But if somebody oh, yeah. else comes yeah, out with don't it, change no, 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 you don't, you don't have to change you found the recipe. Don't, it ain't broke. Don't fix it. The other thing that they took from us was, do you remember the bloom and onion mascot guy? I do. If well, they, wasn't that like, Whoever one side won, you got a blooming onion. Yeah, the other, the other side, side won. like there's like free coconut shrimp or something. Yeah, yeah. I miss that. But if you bring that back now, it's got to be like actual like something you know, good. You got onion and coconut shrimp stuff. So we we've just unlocked a world of possibilities yeah. here. I believe that there's a world in which I could finally eat Brutus Buckeye. <laughs> that's that's what I'm realizing right now is that. 
That is now a dream of mine. Delicious. That, Delicious. And dreams do come true. Uh, so anyway, bowl season very much matters. And but before we get into Ohio State and Michigan, there's another bowl that we do need to recognize. Look. Number number one, first of all, hats off to our boys at UTSA and Meet Meep Nation. Birds up yeah. for getting their win. But I know that you are you are pumped about about another one as well. Look, man, Rutgers beaten Miami, and I loved it. I was watching a majority of it, and then my wife and I had tickets to something in our town that night, which happened to be right in the middle of the fourth quarter. And so I'm sitting there and she's like, all right, we got to get ready to go. Our appointment thing for this is at five. It was like a walkthrough of a little garden area for Christmas. They had lights and everything like five minutes from our house. And uh, we had to leave right when it was getting crucial. And so was I on my phone on the Hulu app watching the game as we walked through these lights? Absolutely. And was I chanting and screaming when we won? (laughs) Absolutely. Rutgers beat Miami. What a nice way to finish the season. And they won a bowl game before Michigan state. So which bowl game was Michigan state in Oh, the toilet bowl? Cause they're, it's weird. I heard, I heard from a lot of Michigan state accounts, uh, about late third okay. quarter in that Alabama game. And then they disappeared. You want to know what's weird though? Like I get the Ohio state fans talking trash to Michigan because they're, they were at least a good team. You know, Ohio state made a bowl game, Michigan, state. <laughs> but Michigan state, you do not have a seat at the table. You just don't, you didn't even make a bowl game. You're at the you, kid's table. Yeah. You're at the kid's table. Still. This is big boy talk. You um, just, you have to have qualified for a bowl game I in just, the last two years. You have to at least not get blown out by 50 points when you play an opponent to be able to talk Yikes. trash to them. It just doesn't. You just can't. Um, we do want to say a big thanks for another season of the podcast to our friends at Elevated Integrity Construction. Uh, Aaron Carroll and his team, phenomenal job. As you head into 2024, you're looking at doing a home build, business build, church build. Uh, and Elevated Integrity can help with that. They'll help you design it, and there's no guesswork. Integrity is in the name. Go with Integrity at elevatedintegrity.com. Uh, speaking of guesswork, trying to put together a roster for Ohio state's 2024 campaign is getting a little bit more difficult because I, and this is, this is something I do want to hit on before we even talk about Mizzou is we have, we've tried to be pretty balanced in the whole, you know, kids are going to hit the portal. The sky is not falling, yada, yada. Ohio state keeps losing some pieces that looked like they were going to get starting roles in the future. And I'm thinking particularly of Noah Brown. I know Rogers hit the portal as well. Jesse Murko's in the portal. How does that feel as a Buckeye fan? Like, is there a concern there? And I know you and I probably disagree on this. Yeah, I don't. Not yet. Not yet. What, I think, let, me, let me ask it this way. What would cause you concern at this point? Because in particular, Noah Brown being a five-star receiver. Noah Rogers. Whatever. No, no, Noah Brown, right? No, it's Noah Rogers. How, isn't there a Brown Noah Brown well? is a wide receiver for the Dallas did Cowboys. Did he play for Ohio State, too? Or for the Texans. Yes, did he play he did. for Ohio he State, did. too? Stop. What he, is with all these? He's no, the one that had fine. the uh, catch over the Oklahoma oh, defender that, that caught it on his back. See, I don't even know. I don't so. even know who he is. But like, does that concern you at all? Like no, as losing I, a five-star recruit like that? It doesn't in that position group. I think if this was a five-star guy from maybe a different, from maybe an offensive line, a defensive line or something like that. I also have been kind of surprised so far a little bit with some of the stuff I'm hearing from Ohio state Obviously, none of this has been told for fact yet, but I've heard that Emeka's coming back. I've heard Jack Sawyer's coming back, which kind of surprised me. No. I don't think Jack Sawyer is a first round talent like I think JTT would be. And so it would surprise me if Tuamoloau comes back, but it's not off the table. Um, it's looking likely that Abuka is back. It's looking likely that Jack Sawyer's back. 
You've got guys that why, I thought for sure. Why would does be that gone. look likely? Like, I, like a genuine they said question. It. Jack Sawyer basically came out and said, "I'm coming back next year." It's most likely. Emeka Abuka, I think, playing in the bowl game was kind of a sign for him as well. Um, and there's also been reports, nothing obviously factual from insiders, whatever you want to consider that, saying that Emeka's coming back. So I guess in my mind, this was already going to be a young wide receiver group. Emeka, if he comes back, is the lead veteran. The thing that hurt most, more than Noah Rogers leaving, is Julian Fleming. I will admit, Julian Fleming feels like a loss to me. I just don't know. It's tough to say. I don't want to sit here and say Noah Rogers leaving isn't a big deal because who knows what his potential yeah. is. He was a four. He was a five star on one site, a four star on a majority of the other ones. I don't really care what your stars are. He didn't record any stats at Ohio state. It's just, it's up in the air. It's all potential. It's the same thing with what I'm going to say with the incoming guys, because to me, you have Jeremiah Smith, you've got uh, Mylon Graham, you have Brandon Ennis, Carnell Tate, Emeka Abuka. There's five guys right there where I would say Emeka, I would say Carnell Tate for sure. Better than Noah Rogers right now, because they were getting playing time. Brandon Ennis, I even got a little bit of playing time over him. So I would say if I'm going off and I'm trusting the staff, which I trust Brian Hartline, I would say those three guys are a step ahead of him from everything that's rumored with Jeremiah Smith. I would say he's probably ahead of him. So I'm not trying to discredit Noah Rogers by any means. I still hope that he goes out and is a stud receiver, but it's just hard to say when a guy comes in and all you have to look at are, well, he was a five-star prospect, but you just don't know. But even, even with the guys who have some stat line, you have no idea if Brandon Ennis is actually the real deal. Well, you don't know I'm, if Carnell Tate's the real deal. But I would deal. say that wouldn't change even with Noah Rogers. So to me, to me, but if the, you're basing the, it off potential, the depth, the depth becomes an issue though. Because again, and you're also you're also assuming that Ibuka's coming back. That like that's a big, I mean, that's even, a, that's even a if massive he, assumption. Even if he doesn't, it's still a four receiver group that sure is inexperienced, but they have the same level of. It, Whatever you want to call it's, it. It's inexperience. It's untested. I, I think it's a bigger concern than you're probably letting on. Maybe not to you, but I'm saying like it, in, in I, fact, I think it's a bigger concern. The other issue and probably the more pertinent issue is that Ohio State has an atrocious offensive line. I think those, and no quarterback. And that's what I'm that's what I'm ultimately getting at is if I'm going to worry about a single position group at Ohio State wide receiver ain't one of them. I think that I, uh, and, I and I would say that so, that's a fair assessment. And so. While I would love to see Julian Fleming, while I would love to have seen Noah Rogers stay, you, you to, obviously get to, a huge boost me, if Ibuka comes back. Yeah, if Ibuka comes back, which, which by I the way, feel we're like recording on a Monday morning, yeah, so if, who, if, who knows? If by Thursday ex- you're like, you guys are idiots. Yes, but not because of that. Yeah, I mean, fair. fair yeah. Um, and so to me, it, it depends on stuff like that. But I think they've also got guys coming in. I forget. Um, there's another four-star receiver that they got in the Jeremiah Smith class that's coming in. I want to say his name's McClelland or something like that. That sounds like a made up thing, but it's real. Um, and then they've got a couple of really good tight ends, young guys. It's going to be inexperienced. Nothing was going to change that. Even with a Buka coming back, it's yep. still an inexperienced group. You're going off potential. It's just, it's tough to say, but I I'll start worrying. And the positions I've been worried about are the quarterback position yep. and Even, the offensive line. I don't think anywhere else Truly scares me. I, I saw Michael Hall declared for the draft. Yeah. So he's gone. Tommy Eichenberg didn't play. He's going to be gone. Marvin Harrison's gone. Those are obviously holes that you're going to, you're going to miss, but there is potential for, and you mentioned this for JTT, for Denzel Burke, for Jack Sawyer. So you have a chance to return some really yeah. good defensive players. 
But as we saw, even in the Mizzou game, your defense can can be phenomenal. If you're well, off, if you have no offensive line and no quarterback, and this is the thing that just grinds and we, my and gears. we can move, we can move into the, yeah. to the actual Mizzou. This, game is, at this, this point. is what grinds my gears so much. And I said it on the episode before the game was this realistically is a game Ohio state could lose and people need to not overreact and feel like the whole entire ship is going down because if you've watched a second of football this year, which a majority of the Ohio state fans on my timeline on Friday night had not, you would know Devin Brown ain't it. And if he was the for sure starter moving forward, you also knew Lincoln Kineholtz wasn't it. And yes, it's Kineholtz, not Keenholtz, as the broadcast people kept continuously saying over and over and over because he's a freshman. And I'm not saying potential wise, he's not better than Devin Brown, but he's a freshman. And Devin Brown was the second string. And we saw numerous times this year where he would come into the game and both of us would look at each other in disgust because it wasn't pretty. And so I knew going into the game, our offense wasn't going to look like it did with McCord. And I defended McCord all throughout the year, but I, I don't know if I said this for sure, but I've probably said it to you just in casual talking about the game. People were going to miss having Kyle McCord behind center that on against Mizzou. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a downgrade. There's no question, but I, I guess I, I don't, I don't understand how you can go, Hey, the sky's not falling. We knew that these two guys weren't it. Those are the quarterbacks on your roster, my dude. No, but that's what I'm saying. But how is that not concerning to you? Because I still still feel like you've got Aaron Nolan coming in, which I would love to have him sit a year, but I still feel like we know nothing about his college ability. No. And it's the same thing we just talked about with Noah Rogers. His, his star status means nothing to me. It's all about what you can actually go out and do on the field. So why would that position not, why would that result not be a concern? Three, three points. You couldn't move the ball. The offensive line couldn't block anybody. The offensive line concerns me. The quarterback, I just, I can't picture a world. And this is where I would, I'm not on the fire Ryan day ship yet. I'm not on board with that yet, but here's where I will be. Talk to me. Is I watched that game because in my mind, I know that neither of those guys are starting next year. I don't know who is, but I know for a fact, and there's no, there's no way that you are Ryan day leading a program like Ohio state. And you have seen those guys practice. I'm not saying Lincoln couldn't eventually get there, but I've seen all I needed to see from Devin Brown. He's not a division one quarterback no. to me. And, and so I look at, I look at that and maybe it's the ignorance of, of being spoiled as an OSU fan where I look at that and I go, neither of these guys are going to be starting for us next year. There'll be backups, which still concerns me if our starter goes down. Sure. But I I can't picture a universe where Devin Brown is the starter going into next season. It feels like a transfer quarterback is coming in. I mean, with the, there's a lot of there seem there's a lot of smoke around Will Howard from K State, which I've seen that. I I thought that there also, were chances, which I'll also say does not solve the issue. He's fine. He He's, would be an upgrade from Devin Brown. That is not going to save this Ohio State football well, program. And I think I would even say he's an upgrade from Kyle McCord. Well, but I, I saw a dumpster out back that is probably an upgrade stop. from Kyle, Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord is, does not deserve the hate that he's getting. I will say that he is a talented quarterback. From a leadership perspective, I have questions. Um, but I don't, I don't agree with the hate. I think, and it's, it's easy to play this game, but I honestly think if McCord plays... Ohio State probably wins the Missouri game. I neat. <laughs> I, I it, it doesn't matter because yeah. bowl games are pointless unless you're in the playoffs. But I at the end of the day, 
the the thing that concerns me is the offensive line and the quarterback, which yep. those are two very, very important things. But I think I kind of knew this was going to happen going into Missouri. And I, I tweeted it from the rivalry account. You can follow us again at rival pod. There it is. Um, but I talked about it early on. Ohio state was up three, nothing. And I said, the defense is only going to hold so long. Yep. The defense, yeah, you did say the, def- that. the defense, in my opinion, played phenomenal. They did everything they you did could great. ask. They played they great. Did every single thing you could ask, but they can only hold on so long when you can't yeah. sustain a drive. You and, couldn't pick up a first and down and you were eat predictable. I think that's the, that's the reason why I'm going to reiterate that this should be. And, and I, we were talking with, with somebody from uh, on social as well before the game about how that, you know, there's very few scenarios in that where you would be like, Oh, this is awful because it is, you do have a lot yeah. of starters on all that. But one of the things that was said was if they look just absolutely atrocious, that has to be a concern. And they looked atrocious because, and here's the thing too, we can say, okay, well, Kyle McCord, it would have been a different story. Sure. But that I'm going to put at some point it's on coaching where you go, I, you're telling me that Devin Brown First of all, that Ryan Day was advocating for him being in a battle with Kyle McCord into the season, which there's no not way, even, not even remotely no. close. And then that Devin Brown and Lincoln as well, both had at least a full, you know, let's just take this season, forget years past, had this full season to develop, to get better, to, to, to learn, to grow, to develop. And you were afraid to have him throw much of anything. Well, and that's what was surprising. Like, that's a concern because right now, as it stands on Monday, those are the two quarterbacks on the roster. Well, and to Aaron me, Owen, yes, I get he's joining it. Yeah. Will Howard might come in, but what, what does that say about the development of quarterbacks? What does that say about the state of, if you, you know, will Howard go, let's say he comes and he goes down. Well, now Devin Brown's in, do you trust Devin Brown to win you a football game? Heck I sure no. don't. Heck and that, no. at some point that's not on the kids and that's on development. Well, that's and, on and I think some of it was maybe coaching. less time worrying about Lou Holtz's whereabouts, more time developing your quarterbacks. Well, and I think, I think, I would agree with you on a, on a lot of that. I think Ryan day. I don't understand him at times where we walk into that game and I didn't want to see Devin Brown touch the field. I don't care if you think he's the second best quarterback to me. That was a throwaway game. I, I don't care. I'm fine with you would rather let Lincoln go get experience one, 1 million percent because to me, Devin Brown doesn't have a future at Ohio state. He's, he's a backup for his entire career. He will go in against Youngstown State when we're up 63 to four or whatever. That's the games that he's going to play in. Lincoln could be the starter. And even then, I would still say Aaron Noland is set up for that. And so those were guys where, okay, if I'm going to see a guy next year, I want the guy that I feel like has more potential to go in and get the experience and get the reps. But the, the issue, and I won't even blame the quarterback that much. They both looked terrible, but Lincoln had a couple of throws that looked fine I, that I was kind of impressed with. But there were numerous times, I mean, good Lord, four to five times right off the top of my head where a guy came completely unblocked off the edge yep. and just smacked him. And it doesn't and matter I mean, who you have a quarterback at that point. No, when you're getting two seconds to go ahead and throw, it was it was like McCord at the end of the Michigan game with the last interception. Homeboy had 1.5 seconds before a defender yep. was right on him to make a play. And I think one of the things that... Um, could potentially help Ohio state is I think Travion Henderson played that game to increase his draft stock. And it got absolutely, I mean, he did nothing because uh, it's easy to game plan. If you're Missouri's defense, cause you go Ryan Day is not going to run. Yeah. Ryan Day is not throwing and also it. Missouri's like Missouri's defense isn't a slouch. They're not phenomenal. No, but, you no. know, if you're, if you can get pressure on a young quarterback, 
It doesn't matter that you've got Igbuka well, out there. Igbuka did nothing. And, that's, the and that was their game nothing. plan. And you saw it happen. The second that Devin Brown went out for the game and Lincoln stepped in, yep. they were, okay, well, we're going to blitz because we're either going to have to make him grow up fast or we're going to yep. stop the run. And they absolutely did. And that's why our offense looks so I, stagnant. I think of any of any player that could come back on the offensive side of the ball, Travion Henderson is the one that would help you the most. I, I, it, I, I think the O line has have, to get better, but I'm, but I'm saying, I'm not talking about portal. I'm talking about guys on the team right now that could stay. And I'm looking at guys like yeah. Ibuka, guys like Henderson. I think Henderson is a bigger win for Ohio state. If he stays thing at Buka, I would agree I, with I that. Think, and again, they're both massive pieces. I, I happen to think that Ibuka will go. And I think Henderson stays that that's my, that's and, based on gut more than anything yeah, else. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I think, I, think, I think Henderson feels that he's better than he's showed. And now with a chance to get healthy mm-hmm. and be an for sure with the portal guys, with chip leaving sure. Mayan being gone. He, I he's do, the guy. He he's is gonna be the, the guy. go-to guy. He's also made of glass as is Devin Brown. And that's going to be its own issue. Yeah. Devin Brown's man. Uh, Missouri wins that game 14 to three in case you were unclear on that. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I uh, do want to say a big thanks, by the way, again, to the J company fall in love with your home all over again at the J a E company.com. Be sure that you're following on social media. It's at rival pod on Twitter, on I, we always talk about, is it Twitter or X? You know what we're talking about? The bird app, uh, Instagram, YouTube, be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening right now. Let's talk about a game that took about 30 years off my life. Can I ask an opening question? Please really do. Quick. Michigan, Alabama, Michigan will win this game 27, 20 in overtime. How much did you poop yourself when in the final, what was it? Minute of the game, Alabama's punting it to you. And I don't even know the jabroni's name and he fumbles it and it goes almost to the end zone. Like it is inches so, from being a safety so when, to lose the game. So when we, when they, Forced fourth down, I had started doing this thing where I would just like mute the special teams play. I used to do this all the time for field goals for Michigan because their kicking was so inconsistent. And then Jake Moody showed up and I stopped worrying about it because the the dude is money. Mm -hmm. And James Turner has been has been really good this year. Not yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Now I'll also grant I think the snaps were bad on both the missed field goal and the missed extra point. The missed field goal for sure. Yeah. Um so regardless, special teams though has been very successful for Michigan. It was not yesterday. And so, yeah. So anyway, so I, I muted it and I, Lindsay, my wife kind of looked at me and I said, special teams has just been chaos. I just don't think I could bear to listen to it. Should something happen here? And sure enough, thaw drops oh. the ball. And how about, and, and Kirk pointed this out on the broadcast. How about the awareness of him to, despite making the mistake to not just, because this would be your, your tendency, just fall on the football which would have been a safety at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, once you bobble it, your natural instinct is, you know, okay, the ball's on the ground, just cover it. Don't let them get it. Well, that's the end of the game. Yeah. But the awareness to go pick up the ball and secure it on the half yard line. Inches, man. Inches. I, I, yeah, I, I was, I was sick to my stomach. Thank God there's no punting in overtime because I don't think, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, I you didn't need it anymore. Um, yeah. This this was a wild game, and and you and I talked a little bit. Which, by the way, thank you for not texting me during the game. 
Oh, we have an we have a rule. We have a rule with each other because you well, didn't this, text me at all during the Michigan or the uh, no, Missouri Ohio State game be, because because we understand. we're gentlemen. They're, we understand. I hate that team, and I hate that he gets joy out of them. Thank you. But I also respect it, and I not, and there's a there's a line that did, I just won't we cross. Didn't, we did not text each other during the Ohio State game. No, nope. uh, during the Michigan Ohio State game. I don't know. I don't remember if you texted me during the Big Ten championship. I don't think you did. No. I didn't text you during well, the Cotton Bowl. Well, but that's different. I didn't text you because Iowa. Yeah. I didn't text you during the Cotton Bowl. You didn't text me during the Rose Bowl. Nope. And like, I, like I see your your goofy little tweets and stuff, which are just a troll. And that's fine. That's fine. Here's what I can't stand: is I got somehow placed on a thread with like other random people, like like a couple of random Michigan fans and an Ohio State fans. Is like, this on Twitter? No, this was a text message. Oh, okay. And I'm like, what are you doing? Don't like, don't text me. I finally just muted the notification and like just they were pro Michigan. What like it was a mix. It was was Buckeyes and Michigan. Oh, absolutely not. not. I would eat my phone during this game. Good lord. Um, There's so many different angles to this game. I I gave up on this game when Alabama took the lead. uh, When they took the lead, seventeen thirteen, and then Michigan punted the ball back to them. So there's like 12 minutes to go, and Alabama was nearing midfield. I I had given up on the game. Oh yeah, because there was there was there was plenty of time left, but you could feel it. You could feel the whole pendulum had swung. Um, And then Michigan makes a a great play. They they force a fumble. Mm -hmm. They get the ball back. A heck of a play. And then they miss the field goal. And it just, it, there were about three different occasions where I'd given up on the game. And, you tweeted and at me and said, I, did. I said, I said, Ohio state's greatest win this year is Michigan losing to Alabama. And you said, are you conceding defeat? I said, no, but I'm not feeling very good. Um, I don't really know where to even start with it, but hats off to the Michigan defense here. That was a, that was probably the best defensive performance. The reason by they won team, at least in the Harbaugh tenure. Maybe now if, if they win the whole thing, you, you might even want to say ever that that was a defense, a defense that just simply refused to let Alabama put the game away. Mm-hmm. They Alabama had at least two or three drives where Alabama had the chance to score a touchdown and put this game out of reach. And the defense just refused to let it happen. Um, there were a handful of, of really good plays. They had six sacks in this game, five sacks in the first half and credit to Alabama for adjusting. Mm-hmm. For move, you know, Saban talked about moving the pocket. They used Milrose legs a lot more. Uh, they didn't let Michigan just bull rush and, and get there. But I mean, those sacks still count. Michigan's defense did a phenomenal job in the first half, did a phenomenal job in the second half, even if the stats were a little bit less. Um, they gave up nothing deep, which I thought was going to be, yeah. a, I thought Alabama would get some chunk plays to Isaiah Bond and company. They really didn't give, I think they gave up 116 passing yards. Yeah, nothing. And, 60 something on the ground, maybe to Milrow. And I don't know if it was even that much, obviously the turnover and then the stand in overtime. I mean, Mm -hmm. just, just really phenomenal job by defense that on a, on a night where your offense sputtered for not the whole time, but sputtered for probably three, two or three quarters and where your special teams was just atrocious. Your defense willed you to win. And the fact that you could play that way on one, you know, two out of the three sides of the ball, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to look at that way, that you can play poorly or at least play inconsistently on two out of three sides of the ball and still win a playoff game. I think that's a testament to how good this Michigan team really is. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. There are three things that, that stood out to me on this game and you can check the receipts on this one because when Alabama was up 17 to 13 with like seven minutes to go and they had the ball, 
I tweeted out once they got closer to midfield and I said, everything to me now, if I'm Alabama is four down territory, because in my mind, just getting three and making it a seven point game was going to lose you the game. The way, the way that I feel like Michigan's defense had played the way that Alabama's offense was kind of starting to get a roll going. They had started to get a couple scoring drives put together. I felt like, and it's the same thing that I felt with Ohio state and Georgia last year when Ryan day went for it on fourth down, they Kirby smart called the timeout. Then he went back and he decided to punt it. That was the way that moment right there is why they lost that game. Alabama deciding to punt it. And that point of the game to me is what cost them because, and it's a little bit different because Ohio state had a, a bigger lead and I get making it a seven, a one score game and all that. If you, if you give it up, they can go down and get whatever. I felt like it was a kind of what Michigan did to Ohio state this year. When you go out and they went for it on fourth down and they were like, no, they, they put their foot down. They showed, they showed aggressiveness and they played bully ball. And I, I feel like that's what I always think Alabama kind of is. Yeah. And that's what they've been known for. And I, I felt like this was your chance for Nick Saban, for Jalen Milrow to go out there and assert their dominance and to prove, no, we're going to get it. And to me, if they get that first down, yeah. if they keep pushing, whatever. I, I don't know that I disagree with the call to punt it, though. Like I, I don't I, think you I, punt it. I, I think you go for it because right. I think. But I, I'm saying I don't disagree with that with Saban's call to punt there. Yeah, and I get it. I, I, I get it. I, I'm just saying, yeah. for me, if I'm Saban in that moment, I'm going for it because a touchdown in that situation with that late in the game wins you the game. What the, and. And the other two, the other two points um, there, this is kind of weird because I, I feel like in any pivotal football game that I've watched in my life, you can pinpoint a, I don't want to say miraculous play, but a play that you stand up and you go, that is a play that I'm going to watch for the rest of my life when they talk about championship games. And I'm going to go to the NFL here for a little bit because this reminded me a lot of the new England Patriots versus the Atlanta Falcons. When Julian Edelman somehow caught this ball that I still to this day have no idea how he caught. It was at that moment when during that game against the Falcons that I said, Patriots are going to win this game because it just seemed like something like that is destined for a team that's Mm going to win. And I know you're probably thinking I'm talking about the Blake Corum. I know the one you're talking about, but the the Roman Wilson, which I, to me, That saved your entire season. Sure it did. Because Absolutely. that play, and it wasn't as dramatic as Julian Edelman or anything like that, but I feel like they're... But anybody that knows football... Yeah, the second the, that he caught that ball... And I don't know, and for the, for the record, I still don't know for sure. I don't know if JJ missed, almost missed him high or if it was tipped. I thought it got tipped. I can't tipped. tell. I thought it got tipped. I thought, so I thought real time that it got tipped. Looking back, I, it, it doesn't matter in one sense, but it ended, the ball ended up high. If Roman doesn't elevate and get that ball. Well, it's and over completely contort his body yeah. to go and get it's that. Over. It's over. It's an interception. <clears throat> and I, I looked back at different moments. You have the Julian Edelman catch for the Patriots. You have um, way back in the day with the giants. I can't even remember the dude's name where he caught it right off his yeah, helmet. Burris. Um, was it Burris? I think so. I couldn't remember if it was Burris or not. You have moments like that where when those happened in real time, in my mind, I knew that team was going to win Yeah, because those are the plays that need to be made for you to be able to become a champion. And when I saw that happen in my mind, I did not care what the time was. I didn't care who was winning or losing in my mind. I knew Michigan was going to win. 
at that moment in time. I after wish that I catch. had known that also and, because I did not. <laughs> well, and had it been Ohio State, I would have felt the same. Yeah. I would have felt the same way. But it's plays like that where I, I looked at Michigan and I thought, in the ultra conservative play for for Alabama, I thought yep. them it, because I think that was the very next drive where Michigan or Alabama punted it instead of going for it when they were at like midfield. And then the very next drive, I think, is when that happened. It's all kind of a blur of yeah, emotion at close. this point. But it was yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. But I think those to me, when both of those kind of happened back to back, I took a step back and I thought that that's it. Those are. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because that I, I wrote down that this was a game of forgotten plays because there was so much that happened. And, and you're exactly right with with three minutes to go in your own territory down by seven. The call to go for it by Harbaugh on fourth and two, fourth and three, whatever it was with an an offense that had, and again, McCarthy's numbers end up being really good. Corum ended up having a really good game, but, but there were moments and there was a, there was a huge swath of just sputtering by the offense. So with an offense that had sputtered for a lot of the night with a full complement of timeouts, by the way, Mm -hmm. where more conservative coaches would have punted it and said, Mm -hmm. I'm going to trust my defense the way that they've played. Harbaugh said, this is a, and that is the chips, attitude. In the, chips on in the middle of the table. Let's go makes that play. Like, I think that can be easy to forget the, the what I'm calling air air Roman is, is absolutely a forgotten play yeah. because if he doesn't make that catch, it's over. And the other one too is the little, is the Donovan Edwards halfback pass thing mm-hmm. where JJ drops it off. Edwards throws it and, and it's just off. It's a backwards pass. If McCarthy does not catch that ball, and by the way, he catches it and then gets it yeah, off to yeah. Roman Wilson. <laughs> well, like, and gets smacked right like, as he let go. Number one, like just to to catch the ball and prevent it being from a scoop and score or mm-hmm. a, a worse loss or yeah, incredible to get the pass off and prevent a loss of yardage. Yeah. Incredible for Roman to catch. I will say when uh, when JJ got up from that, I <laughs> took a deep breath. I yes, let's say that I took a deep breath That's and was going. very peaceful and calm. I took a lot of deep breaths when, when that <laughs> happened. But just those forgotten plays where we're, we're going to remember the the highlight reel forever. And I said this: if Michigan wins this game, this will be on highlight reels forever. Obvious. The the Blake Corum touchdown run in oh, overtime. Yeah. That that is and of, what a way to to break Anthony Thomas's record as mm-hmm. well. Like that, that it could not have been better for a more likable guy. That, that's just amazing. Mm. Absolutely, you you love Blake. <laughs> I do, you know you do. I respect you him as a player, but um, I don't like anybody so, that so wears that color. Michigan, Michigan, you know, on the offense and special teams does not play their best game. Special teams was a mess. Offense had moments where they looked really great and moments where they looked terrible. Defense was just special last night. Michigan gets the win over Alabama, twenty-seven twenty, and now they get Washington. Washington survives Texas high scoring game. Mm-hmm. Did I fall asleep late third quarter? I did. I stayed up. The like Rose an idiot. Bowl took an emotional toll on me. That's fair. And I, I, I passed out. Um, I was too filled with rage, so I couldn't <laughs> go to sleep. Um, before, before I, I do comment on this national championship matchup, uh, I do need to say one thing and you're going to hate it. I'm not listening. You go ahead. Ohio state fans are embarrassing. They're embarrassing themselves. The, the number of Ohio State accounts last night, and, and again, it's not about rooting for Bama. Like anyone that's like, you shouldn't root for Bama. I was, I was all in for Mizzou. Like that, that's part oh, of it. Roll tide all day but, yesterday. But what, what gets me is the Ohio State fan base 
continuing to scream about Connor Stallions or put an asterisk on this game. Are you talking game, about my blah, joke blah, blah, about blah. Connor what? Stallions from last night? What did you say last when night? You, when you sent a video of you running down your street with a Michigan flag. That and, did happen. And the I'm not footage of that. was just grainy pix, as heck. pixelated. <laughs> and so I joked and said it looked like uh, I asked if he recorded it with Connor Stallions <laughs> iPhone 6 to which... He was not a fan. I but. was not a fan of that. But you know what? At that point, it didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't. You can't it hurt didn't. me anymore. <laughs> but it, it does. It just blows my mind that. And I think this is one of the reasons why as a whole, it's not every fan, but as a whole, why Ohio, why Ohio State fans are just so unlikable is you have gotten beat three years in a row by Michigan. Michigan has won three Big Ten titles in a row. You just got beat 14 to three by Missouri. And you're out here. I saw people talking about how JJ McCarthy was terrible. How was he ever in the Heisman campaign? Uh, Michigan, you know, like just all this stuff. Here's an asterisk on this win, which I don't know how, because no, that makes no that. sense. Not on that. On the Ohio State. Like the, I have Ohio State fans in my mentions. Michigan has just won the Rose Bowl, and Ohio State fans are on this free internet account talking about how the Michigan Wolverines will vacate their college football playoff wins. No, which not first of possible. all, the NCAA doesn't control the college football playoff. And that's not even the dumbest part of that statement. Like it just, it boggles my mind. I it's the kind of the, I used to pray for times like this meme. <laughs> Michigan has won the Rose bowl and Ohio state is clinging to maybe they'll have to vacate a win. This is great. This is, this is the happiest football Jace that I've ever been. It's well, in the almost decade. I've been in Columbus. Well, it'll change. Amazing. It'll change come Monday when they lose to the Washington Huskies. See, and, so. and, and never been back, a bigger Husky back, fan. Get, and I respect that. What <laughs> Look, I don't respect <laughs> is anybody that's still putting <laughs> asterisks and talking. I, can I, I speak, love this. Hold on. Can hold I speak on. as an Ohio state fan on that while you pull up whatever garbage yeah, you're pulling yeah, please up? Do. I agree with you. And really? I know that, I know that might shock you. I am. I, I don't believe you for a second, but okay. I, and you know me, I have been a JJ McCarthy hater. Even I know you after have. the very first play where he threw the pick, and they I, you, to, I, you told me on the, this podcast you'd rather have uh, Kyle McCord than JJ McCarthy. Stand firm on that. Do you? <laughs> you sure you do. See, Ryan Day um, does as well. So. Sure do. Um, I don't know how you watched that game last night and didn't think JJ was great. Yeah, that and and I I would. I don't think he was great against Ohio state. I don't think he was great against Penn state or anything like that. That was a game where I thought it's completely wrong, but okay. I, where I, I looked at that and I thought he played how you would expect him to play. And, and I just, you can hate all you want. You can not like him. I don't like him at all. I can't wait till he's gone. And I never have to hear about him again when he inevitably fails in the NFL. And, but I don't know how you watch that game. And then as far as the asterisk stuff goes, it's sad. Believe, like at be- some point, it's just embarrassing. Believe whatever you want about them during the regular season when they have when they know who they're playing. They didn't know they were going to be playing Alabama. Also, in enough time, Stallions to prep anything. has not been on the sideline. But that's what I'm since saying. Mid October. But that's what I'm saying. It has no they, bearing on any game after that point. By the way, it doesn't have much bearing on the games prior to that either. It, it I, does. I just, I just, I it don't does, get that. It does, but I, I don't think you can discredit them beating Alabama, and so. I get I there's a level where your hate just becomes ignorance. And I and I think I, I'd like to think that I stay pretty balanced with my hate towards Michigan, but also just recognizing when a team is darn good. I'll I'll, and, I'll, I'll finish with with these two things. Uh, one is from a guy named Matt Hinton. The other is from John Bacon, who's a, a pretty reputable journalist. 
I thought this one was good. So this is from Matt Hinton. He says, I cannot express enough how little I care about the Connor Stallion stuff. And this is the, the, and I think he's spot on here. Michigan is 39 and three the past three years with three straight wins over Ohio state and Penn state. And now a playoff semifinal over Alabama. If you think it comes down to a guy with an iPhone, you need to log off. He's absolutely right. And John Bacon, who is usually very like, you know, reserved, very like professional, very says anyone who continues to claim Michigan's success is due to Connor Stallions is a stone cold idiot. <laughs> and that's exact. And that's exactly mm. right. That's exactly right. Mm. Uh, Michigan gets Washington in the national championship game. This game will be rematched in early October in Seattle. It'll look very different. It will look very different because who Harbaugh will be gone. JJ McCarthy will be gone. You are a sad, strange little man and you have my pity. We are like the same height. (laughs) Get out of here. We are not that far off. Um, Michigan will, will face Washington in Houston. I, I, I would rather probably have seen Texas. Well, yeah. Texas can beat you a lot of different ways, and that's the danger with Texas. Washington does one thing really well. It's throw the ball. Well, and what's weird is is before last night's game against Texas, I, I obviously thought Michael Penix was a stud. Dude is a baller. He proved it yep. all year. But he probably also, should have won the Heisman. But he did have games this season where I looked yep. at it and I thought, that's not the same guy that I feel like I saw against Oregon, Arizona state, Washington state and Oregon state were all just kind of okay. They were all right. But then he has games like last night and it's where just, I go, I don't want to touch that. Nope. I don't want to play a single guy that looks like that. And I think I don't want to put the disrespect on them, but I'm still going to say it a little bit. It feel if last night's game felt like the TCU Michigan game last year, where I felt like every person in America outside of the a Washington fans thought Texas was going to win that. And it would be Michigan, Texas. Yeah, I did. And the fact that Washington won, it feels like the championship game is going to be hindered now. Well, look at, look at, but then I look at how Michael Penix plays and I go, I don't don't know about that. That, that is, I mean, the offensive line won the Joe Moore award, which Mm -hmm. Michigan's had for the last two years. So the offensive line is phenomenal. Michael Penix jr. Is a special player. Mm -hmm. Obviously Odunze and Polk and and that offense are are just lights out. So it's going to come down to once again, I'm going to put a lot of stock in the Michigan defense. Yeah. And it's going to be by far their biggest test by far without a doubt. Um, I am really impressed with obviously like what they did against Ohio state's offense, obviously quarterback play is not remotely comparable, but the wide receiver core. Yeah, for sure. Very comparable. Um, Jalen Milrow and Alabama with, with, uh, with Isaiah bond and company that that's a really big test for Michigan and they pass with flying colors on the defense. So I I'm going to, I'm going to bet my money, not actual gambling advice. Don't throw a fit. It's fine, but I would bet my money on, I will trust Michigan's defense to do what Michigan's defense has done all year. Um, and, and I'll say kind of the same analysis of different teams, but I'll say the same kind of analysis I did when looking at the Alabama game where I'll say, I, I expect that Washington will get their shots. Okay. Huh? You're not going to shut down no. that offense all game, but can you limit it? Can your, and can Michigan's offense also show up and play a consistent game? Texas had no issue running the ball against Washington. And, and I, I don't know that I would still say that that's Michigan's bread and butter. I mean, they, they, they far outpassed their rush game this past this uh, on mm-hmm. in the Rose Bowl. I mean, Quorum, he had that great run, but he only finished with what eighty something, ninety yards. You know, I mean, which is still good, but it wasn't. Michigan's a very a much more balanced offense than they've been in the past. Yeah, and for they're, sure, they're, they're good at a lot of different things. But can your offense play consistently? I I expect them to play a lot better than they played against Alabama. 
at the end of the day, push come to shove. This, this, I think Michigan Open is four point favorites. That will shrink. I think this is a coin flip. What do you? What's your final? I'm going to take the Michigan defense. I think it's a higher scoring game. I've got 34, 31. I'm going to take okay. Michigan. Okay. I think I think you you're not going to stop the offense, but I think that Michigan's defense is good enough to limit it. And I think Michigan's offense has enough playmakers to get the job done. Uh, I'm an idiot. I'm not. I'm not that stupid though. Um, <laughs> I I said it last episode, and I'm going to stand by it. Whoever won the Alabama Michigan game to me was the national championship. That was the national championship game. Michigan, so you're taking Michigan won. You're taking. I, I am taking Say Washington. It. No, I'm just kidding. I am taking Michigan. Um, you want to wear the Wolverine head? You don't want to hand once. me that. You don't want to please hand me just that. once. You don't want to hand. Think of the, I will rip think it. of you too. Malachi loves think that. Think of you too. Get that. Think of- um. Wow. Here, here's why I've I got, thought I thought you were. I would eat that thing to the sun. It's fine. It's. <laughs> fine. I will throw that farther than Devin Brown could ever dream. <laughs> we have. It's like 20 yards, 25, 23 on a good day. If I'm loosened up a little bit, if I've been throwing things already, then maybe Um, I I do think the defense played well. I think this is going to be their biggest test and it it sounds, it sounds obvious, but I think it's the best of both worlds. You kind of hit on it. These are the two best teams in the country. Jalen Milrow was probably the most mobile quarterback that they had faced easily. And and I think Penix is a better version. And then as far as passing game goes, I would say Ohio state was probably their best test. Thus far, thus yeah. far, but I would say due to the quarterback uh, of Washington, due to, due to Penix's arm strength and his arm talent and their receiving core, I would say from that standpoint, Washington has the edge. So it's taking both of their yeah. biggest tests as far as a mobile quarterback yep. and as far as a guy that can also throw Washington the ball puts it all together. 100%. But I don't trust their defense enough. Yeah. And, and I think. So to me, and I don't even think the gap offensively is that far. No, so I, I, and I think I, I think that's I think that's a offensively. A great point offensively, is, I'm giving the ball. I'm giving the the check mark to Washington. Yeah. Defensively, I'm going Michigan. But I think because the gap is so wide when it comes to the defense and yeah. so close when it comes to the yeah. offense, because Michigan's offense, just despite sputtering a bit yesterday, that's not a slouch of an offense. No, either. no, no, not at all. And so I think at the end of the day, it and and I already said this on this podcast, but. After Roman Wilson caught that pass, that was just insane. That's when, to me, it was, okay, Michigan's going to win it this yeah. year because it just feels like those little things don't just happen to any team. It happens to teams that are destined to win something, yep. and, it, and it just feels like it. And I will say um, that I do, and this is a whole other conversation, I do genuinely think if you guys win it all, I think McCarthy is gone and I think Harbaugh is gone. And I think that's a realistic thing because to me, they would have checked all the boxes. They would have done everything they wanted to do. I agree that McCarthy's gone. I don't think Harbaugh's going anywhere. I could see it. I, I would say Harbaugh's less likely than McCarthy. I think McCarthy's hundred percent gone. If, if you guys he win, win if that. he wins it, if I he agree. wins it, I 100, I don't think he cares enough about the Heisman to come back. No, um, I, how, but how can you, I mean, he would go out and Harbaugh said what, this, if he greatest, wins the national greatest championship Michigan quarterback by far. And that's, and that's a wild thing to say because I think we have this this reverence for the past and the Elvis Gerbach and the Tom Brady's and the Greasies and all yeah. this. But also, how can you argue it? No, kid's twenty six. Kid would be twenty seven and one as a starter. 
Mm-hmm. In my time, in my time being and, a fan of fifteen and zero of Ohio I mean, State, you, I don't know it's how you not could. Even, it's not incomparable. My final score: Michigan thirty-five, Washington twenty-four. Your lips to God's ears, my friend. I hope I'm wrong. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Follow on social at Rival Pod, and uh, we'll see you after the national championship. The Rivalry is a production of River Radio Ministries. Want live updates from the show? Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at RivalPod. Visit our Patreon and consider becoming a patron for exclusive bonus content, merch, and more. And be sure to follow us wherever you're listening now for new episodes every Tuesday. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend so they can listen too.